Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is someone who has a story of perseverance and dedication. Her name is Marissa Wiru Hayen, and she is the owner of Tasty Thai and Big Bull Fo, and she's also the maker of Primal Scream hot sauce as well as some other sauces based on her family's recipes. But things weren't always this great for Marissa. She, Like I said, hers is a story of perseverance and dedication. And her story begins really when she came from Thailand to the United States. She says that she was full of excitement, but and she knew no English, uh, married with two small children. And I'm just going to let her tell the story because it's such a fascinating one. And, you know, we all have our entrepreneurial journeys, and Marissa's is certainly one that you're going to want to hear. So welcome to the show today, Marissa. Thank you, and good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. Again, you know, your story is such an inspirational story. I mentioned that you came here from Thailand to the United States. How long ago was that? I first came here in 1983, but I moved here to Kansas City in 1986. Okay, so you've been here about, what, 30 years, 31 years almost. Yeah, 35 years almost. Okay, so and in Kansas City, a little over thirty. So you've you've been here quite a while now. But tell us what it was like when you first came here. What was your situation? I came here. I married and planned to be housewife and take care of the children. And I tried to learn English and learn the new country. Everything's so new to me and very nervous. Have to learn how to drive. And I'm pretty much depend on my husband to take care of us. It's totally yeah. dependent on him. So when uh, when my life changed in the middle of the night in late October 1986, I woke up and knocking on the front door. And when the police told me that my husband deceased, that's when everything started to change. I didn't really understand what that meant because I really know a little English. And uh, the police figured out really quickly that I didn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, get the, you get this devastating news. And you, you immediately, I mean, in, in addition to grieving, you have, no, like I said, you were totally dependent on your husband. Um, but in the, you have things to take care of right away. You have these children that you have to support, two small children. What did you do? Well, when I realized that, I look around, I have no family here, but my father and mother-in-law. And uh, before he passed away, I got my driver license, and he sent me out to work for me to know what people do for living in the USA. So I made only $3.50 in grocery store stacking food. And about three months, he said, yeah, you can just stay home and take care of the kids. And then I looked at my father-in-law and said, you know, I cannot take care of the kids with $3.50 per hour working minimum, and I'm only 27. 
I said, it will be tired for the five years. I can't just leave, keep doing that and work in grocery store. I need better job. And I only see that education can help me get there. So I told my father-in-law I need to go to school. He asked me what I want to do with my life. And I said, I need to go to school so I can have a better life with the children. So he said, okay. The good thing was that he never told me I can't do it. He never mm-hmm. told me you can't do because I have no ECD, I have no English, no education, no money. He always say okay, and then he took me to Don Bosco and say you need to start learning English, and that's why I was start learning English. Yeah, they and, have uh, it. They're they're at Don Bosco. They have an ESL program, right? Is that what you went through? Yes. Yes, I joined the ESL program, and during the time, I volunteered to do a part-time job because they need some, and I said, well, I can do that. And in the evening, the teacher at Don Bosco said, well, Marisa, you want to go to school, you should get GED, and here you should go to Park Hill High School, and in the evening, they have a education program. So I said, good, then... It's free because since I don't have money, I have to look for free program. And from there, I took about three, four months. After that, I took GED test at Maplewood. And then I enrolled a college. I enrolled a college before I got GED because I need to keep going. I don't have time to, I don't have time. I need to get going and get to school and and graduate, and I have planned to graduate in four years. That's not like undoable, but I did it. Because you were working at the same time, right? Yes, I worked part-time at Don Bosco after class. Okay. So, yeah, so you're working, and you enrolled in Rockhurst University, correct? Yes, after I finished Maplewood, get all the classes that what I need, so I went to Rockhurst College. And you got your... And you did make it in four years. What did you get a yes. degree in? I got a degree in accounting. I told my father-in-law when I talked to him, I said, my goodness, if I even lucky to get in four years, I'd be 31 years old. And I thought, I'm so old, I'm never going to get a job. <laughs> and he asked me if I want to be 31 years old with a degree or without a degree. So ah. I decided, yeah, I want to be with a degree. He He gave me option. So I choose. I want to have a degree. Good choice. <laughs> I know. So, so, so did that lead you to the better job that you had hoped that the degree would lead you to? Of course, it's not just a better job. It's helped me to understand better about life, about people, about. Everything, education is not just about degree, it's a processing of going through college and learning learning about language, how to read, how to understand and make a better decision, help you with good confidence, self-confidence in yourself that you can do anything if you put yourself and you have the will, you will find a way to do it. If I can get through that, and I did it's just nonstop. And yeah. after after finished college, never thought that I can find a job because it's a lot of competition being older, 
being bilingual, um, minority and second language is so much to compete with young young people who just finished college. But I got a job, the first job, and just keep going. It's amazing. Yeah, it's- it, it is, and as you say, it's about so much more than a degree. The people that you meet, the connections that you make, uh, what you learn about people, not just your subject area, is just it, it really sets you up for the rest of life. And so after that, you, you got a job with State Street? Yes, uh, I got a job with the State Street, and I stayed with them and learn everything. What I'm supposed to do with my job is really don't have much to do with accounting degree that I study. After five years, and I said, okay, time to move. So I start to send the resume out, and I got a second job at the city of Kansas City and doing auditing internal in the revenue division. And just like life experience, nothing can stop you. You just keep going. So I keep finding myself moving up, promoting in the city of Kansas City to accounting department and then back to revenue division again. My last position there was the manager and taxpayer specialist before I left mm-hmm. the city. Yeah. And at the mint at the same time working for the city in two thousand year two thousand I started with the city in nineteen ninety seven. Year two thousand my husband and I we decide to do some venture adventure that my husband started to open the restaurant. I helped him behind with the bookkeeping and working in the weekend and evening hours to pay off the bills because we start a small business with not much money to start and we have to work very hard to pay the bills, keep everything low overhead until we pay off our bills. And during that 10 years with the city, we keep working very hard until 2010. We opened our second location in Liberty. In 2014, when they get out of the city of Kansas City, I opened the third restaurant, Big Buffer. And at that year, 2014, when I started another business of my own, producing the hot sauce, Prima Cry hot sauce, which is from Thai chili pepper that we served in our restaurant for almost 17 years. And and where are you able to get those now? If I were looking for that hot sauce, are there grocery stores or specialty yes. stores that carry that? Yes, we first first tried the market in our own restaurant, and then 2016 we started to put in Hy-Vee and uh, now available in Hy-Vee, Price Chopper, Green Acres, and Hen House in Chinatown. My first experience, this is so much fun when you own your own business and you get to do very, very creative. Like for me, I have no idea before I get to this. I don't have experience being outside besides working for the city and have my own restaurant serving people. I make the sauce and I say, well, maybe I need to share this outside and how can I do that? So I took my first box to the Hy-Vee close to our restaurant and asked for the manager. Mm-hmm. Don't know what to expect. And for some reason, community and local is so nice to each other. And the manager said, of course, we can help you. You have the good product. Your sauce is local made and has no 
preservatives, no MSG and gluten-free, and we like to have that in the store. So I said, oh, my goodness, I fell to high I like almost, I almost fly out from the store, like singing, dancing to my car. But by the time I get to my car, I said, oh, well, wait. Who can buy my sauce? <laughs> I can put the sauce on the shelf, and who can take it off from the shelf? You know, that's what my thought. And I remember I listened and heard about story in the past that people do put the, put the products on the store and have family and friends go buy it out, recycle it, or even myself and go buy it out from the shelf and recycle to see the to show the store that I my sauce is moving, right? And you say, is that what is that what I'm going to do? You know, in my head I thought I supposed to do that. But then like, okay, now I have to come up with strategies. So what mm-hmm. I end up doing a lot of demo. So but being able to sell the first case at High V that make me Give me self confidence that hey, if Ivy take me, and it's not that difficult, I can go somewhere else. You know, I was afraid because I was by myself, woman, afraid to speak, you know, English like second language, and they might think I'm stupid or whatever. So, but I went to another store, Hen House, and learned that not every store like Ivy. I need to go to headquarters. That even scared me to death to talk yes. with the big guys in the office. But, you know, I come this far, what to lose? I come a long way, so why not go a little bit farther? So I started to contact the headquarters, make appointment, and go in and show my product. And then I do that with the price shopper. And, um, yeah, they're very kind to me. And they let me try out and put my product on the shelf. And it's a very fun experience. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's all because you asked. Because, and that's what—that's a big lesson for so many people is that you're not going to get anywhere if you don't ask. You know, what do you have to lose? It, it's kind of like your father-in-law said to you: Do you want to be 31 with a degree or without a degree? Do you? And so, to an entrepreneur, do you want to ask? And the answer is always no. Or do you want to not ask, and the answer is always no? Or do you want to ask, and maybe you get a yes? And so, you know, you, you took that plunge, you made that leap, and now your sauces are, as you say, in Hen House Price Chopper, Hy-Vee, and in, uh, uh, there was a fourth store. What was the fourth store? We have Green Acres. Green Acres. Mm-hmm. Green Acres in um, Chinatown, when you go to Chinatown. And also, it's all about building the brand and relationship. Yes. And you are right. All you have to know, all you have to do is ask and let people know who you are and what do you need and what you offer. If you're passionate and you believe in your product and you believe in yourself, that shows a lot. I used to be so afraid and shy about everything. Like I told you earlier, when I first came, my husband was American, so I totally depend on him. You pay all the bills and take care of everything so I don't have to worry about and I didn't even try enough myself to know what to do because mm-hmm. he already handled it, right? Mm-hmm. So when he, when he passed away, once he's gone, I left by myself and look around like, who I'm going to depend on now? 
And I said, I don't want to be in this situation anymore by depending on people. That's killing me inside. Just being so dependent is not good for me. So when I went out to the grocery store, my mother-in-law teach me how to shop. And when I asked her, what is this about? What is that about? You know, and she put me in the front and said, Ask the butcher. She said, ask the butcher, is that the meat or what do you need? She won't ask for me. She put me in the front. And she said, say louder, Marisa. They can't hear you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so afraid, but I have to because she made me. And then my <laughs> father, I know my father-in-law always concerned and asked me, do you feel mistreated? Do you feel like people don't treat you right? Don't let that happen say something, let them know what you need. Mm-hmm. And they're very good. They teach me. They teach me how to pay bills. They teach me how to read, where the amount, when the due date, how to make the record from beginning. And that's at that point. It, it really helped me a lot that it's a lot of, what I try to say here is that I come from Thailand and I don't have opportunity or second chance to go back to school, to learn English or do anything. If I need help, we don't have commodity out there to offer the help like what we have here. Once I experienced that from my in-law and from the next-door neighbor, from commodity, that is so much more opportunity and windows. And I have so much in myself that suppressed for so long that I didn't even know that potential in me I can do so many things if I put myself into it. A little bit I know, a little bit and a little bit that I say, hey, if I have the will to do something, there are so many ways I can do and find a way to do it. It's amazing. This country is amazing. Yes. And it's still not quite exploring myself. And then try to remember what happened. Oh, um, I get in touch with the EDC, Claire County, and... uh, Somehow they took me to the coffee connect, which used to be one million cups in North North Kansas City, and then mm-hmm. I get introduced to Mid Continent Public Library business section, Morgan Morgan Perry, yes. and Cheese um, and I we seem like start a position together, and then we get to know each other, and she learn about me, and she said this is will fit with the business section that's fun by. Kaufman Foundation, and I just start to learn about Kaufman Foundation. I've been here for so long, but I've been so surrounding and busy myself with my family and school and build my business and work full-time, so I really don't know much about anything of community in the small business, but then, again, another pool of knowledge, another pool of community that I can reach out. So I started with her, and then she took me to the One Million Cup in North Kansas City and said, Marissa, share your story. And I came out and said, this is my product. This is who I am. And from there, we went to the first um, One Million Cup speech in, uh, at the Kaufman Foundation, and that's, mm-hmm. where the, that's where the big break for me I never make a speech in front of people. It takes oh. me a long time to prepare that speech and get to see a lot of people in the community of entrepreneurs 
it's new world for me. And then after that, I started to get with Casey Sosling and um, who else? <laughs> it's so many of community and started sure. to join the chamber, started with Northland Chamber, Riverside Chamber, and Kansas City Chamber, and lots of networking. 2016, all year, the whole year, the heavy networking community that is very important for, for the small business like us to be out there and presenting ourselves and building the brand and offer what we can help and take what we thought that can help us to grow. And I get a lot of support from everywhere I go. Yes, that is so true. Uh, first of all, just to your point about all the resources here in Kansas City, uh, it always kind of pains me when I run across a business owner who has been struggling in isolation and that they're unaware of all of the great resources that we have here. So so that that is uh, something about Kansas City that is, I think, very unique. And I've traveled to lots of cities uh, working with business groups. And, and Kansas City, for the size that we are, really stands out with the resources we offer our entrepreneurs. And then, like you say, relationships, getting out there and networking and forming those relationships because no matter how much technology makes us more productive or streamlines processes or allows us to connect with people, they people still like to see people. And so there, there's just no real replacement for being out there and physically meeting people. So all of your points are very well taken. And then I think, you know, in order to close, which what's the next step? What's the next step for your restaurants? Where do you go from here? Um, the next step, I would like to keep going with my product, the Prama Cry Hot Sauce and product lines. About the restaurant, if we can expand, we would love to, but we have to also be careful not to go too fast. We want to do best what we I'm sorry. We want to do best what we can do with our customer and keep our quality in a high standard. And I learned that when I try to expand farther away from where we are in Northland, I have problem with keeping quality to yes. serve to the customer because we serve everything fresh per order and everything we don't pre-cook our food and freeze them and warm them up, not that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to keep that quality. You have to be consistent. Right. And you, one, you, end up, you end up spending more time on the road going back and forth between the yes. restaurants. and Yeah, it's not yes. as productive. And, yeah. No. And restaurant business, is anything can happen at any time. I spread myself too thin, and I learned that the hard way. So we have to close one location that we open mm-hmm. down south. And so if we don't, we seem like we spread too thin, and other locations will get hurt. So we can keep the way we are right now to the best we can. And if we get more help and we know we can handle and keep the quality and the same level, and then, yes, we'd like to open some more. Well, your re- your restaurants are all up north, and they can we can find the locations on your website, correct? Yes, KCTastyThai.com. Okay, KCTastyThai.com. Fresh, authentic, no MSG, no other preservatives. Uh, go there and enjoy the food and the great service. And Marissa, again, 
Best of luck in the future. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.